Well, we're on our fourth sermon series, Move Forward. Today we're going to talk about employ joy. Employ joy. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we'll begin reading at verse 2. And it reads, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. But let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The scripture says for us to count it all joy. Now, I think this is a little different because human nature, we want to mumble, we want to complain, we want to talk about the situation. Think about it. If you're going through something, you're not happy. But the word of God tells us to count it all joy. In other words, you should be happy. Now, the only way we can be happy is if we know something in advance. We have to know something in advance. I know in Isaiah, the says that he declares the end from the beginning. It's already a fixed fight. It's already working in your favorite. You've already won. I'm reminded of another scripture that says that talking about Abraham, he called those things that be not as though they were. It's something about when you can say how this outcome, how it's going to last. This is what you think you know. The outcome, you're going to win. Why? Because the word of God says, praise be to God who always causes us to triumph. Furthermore, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, you remember that scripture? It talks about, it talks about um, how his divine power has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Furthermore, it talks about the precious, the exceeding precious promises. Then it talks about us being a partaker of the divine nature. What is that nature? The word of God. Well, I can call those things from the end or from the beginning or sorry, the end to the beginning. Well, I can call those things that be not as though they were. It's the divine nature of God. Now, am I just saying this on my own? No, I say what the father says about that situation. I'm an overcomer. I am healed. This thing will work out in my favor. And because of these things, I can count it all joy because I already know no matter what comes against me, I am victorious. And you know what? That's enough joy in and of itself. It's a fixed fight. Once again, I've already won. So with knowing this, when I start or when I'm attacked by any test or trial or temptation, I already know I've won. As long as I do not give up or lose heart. So I count it all joy once again so I can be joyful once again, knowing that I've already won. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, diverse. A diversity. Different types of temptations. The enemy will try to attack you with different types of temptations, tests, or trials. Now, 
Have you ever been in a situation where you're going through something and by the time you get your bearings, something else from another direction hits you? And then by the time you kind of got that, you kind of get stabilized and that something else hit you or sometimes can all hit you simultaneously or like in the situation of Job. Remember the story of Job? The word of God says that he lost his livelihood. He lost his children. And a few verses later, he lost his health. The word of God says, count it all joy when you go through different, diverse, different types of temptations, tests or trials. Knowing that the trying of your faith. The trying of your faith develops patience. Now, who's trying your faith? Now, let me say this, because sometimes we get things twisted. God and the devil is not working together at all. The enemy is trying to he's trying your faith. He wants you to give up, lose hearts, throw in the tile. That's what the enemy wants you to do. But what God will what he'll do, he'll use that situation. He's using that information. Now, if you allow him now, how do you allow him employ joy? Well, you can employ joy. You allow him to work in you. In fact, the next verse says, but let patience perfect its work through patience. Now, oftentimes we want that 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 test and temptation. We want it to end quickly. Once again, have you ever been in a situation you saying, God, when is this thing going to end? Our human nature, we want that thing to end quickly. But the word of God says he's working patience in you. And he's working patience for a reason. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's for your good. We have to learn to trust God. Yes, sometimes it's hot. It, we we ready to get out of this fire. But no, no, no. God is trying to get something else. He's trying to forge something in you. And some things can only be forged or some things can only be unlocked in the time of great adversity. He's trying to work something in you. The word of God says once again, but let patience perfect its work. That means per- patience. He's perfect. God is wanting to use patience to perfect something in you. He's trying to unlock some type of gifting, some type of anointing once again in your life. He's already deposited in you. But once again, through this storm of life, it's the perfect opportunity for God to work that thing in you. Once again, but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Now, why do you need to be perfect and complete lacking nothing? He's preparing you for the victory. What do you mean? He's preparing you now while you're going through that storm. He's going to give you something. He's he's building something in you. So when you get out of this thing, you'll operate on a different level. You'll be a different person. Why? Because of things that you went through. The scripture says that what the devil meant for evil, what you meant for evil, God turned it out for my good. In fact, today, we're talking about Joseph. This is vividly illustrated in the life of Joseph. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37, where, we, where the story begins now, because we're going to go through several chapters. I'm going to paraphrase the life of, of Joseph. 
And in Genesis chapter 37, it starts out, it talks about how Joseph was a good guy. He, he was, he was uh, born in Jacob's old age. And so there was something about Joseph that Jacob liked. Once again, he was the son of his old age. The word of God says that Joseph, he did what his father told him to do, even in the face of oppositions when his brothers did wrong, he would tell his father about it. In fact, the story goes where, where, where Jacob sent Joseph on some mentions. Hey, what, what's going on with your brothers? What are they doing? Can you give me a report of the work that they're doing? Now, before I go on there, I need to say this. Joseph, like all of us, God gives him a dream. Sometimes God will give you a dream, a vision, or he'll speak to your heart about something that you're supposed to do in your life or the purpose that he has, the plans that he has for your life. Sometimes it may be somewhat unclear, but you have a good idea that God is going to use you mightily. Now, we all know that. You know, God has spoken our hearts and different things, and we kind of have a somewhat of an idea. If we walk with God, God will reveal to us what we're supposed to do. Well, Joseph was in the same situation. He had a dream. He told his brothers they didn't too much care for it. But then God gave him a second dream. Basically, it's a different dream, but it's about the same situation. That he's supposed to be some type of ruler. The word of God says at the end of that second dream that Jacob kept this dream in his heart. He kept it in his heart. Well, once again, Jacob sends Joseph on a mission. Give a report. What's going on with your brother? So the word of God says he went to the place where they were supposed to be. But when he went there, they were not there. So he asked around. Someone said, oh, they went to Dothan. And so he went to Dothan. Now, while he was afar off, the word of God says that his brothers looked at him or looked at each other. And said, Here goes that dreamer. They couldn't stand Joseph. So much so that they wanted to kill him. They were plotting to kill him. Now, we're talking about his own brothers. They were plotting to kill him. But one of them said, thank God. Well, you know, that's our brother. That's our blood. Let's not kill him. So the word of God says they threw him in a pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Once again, we're talking about Carnegie Joy, all joy, employ joy. Sold them to the Ishmaelites and the Israelites sold them to uh, Potiphar, the Egyptian captain. Now, let's stop right here for a moment. Right now, Joseph has the opportunity to mummer and complain. Now, think about it. Now, we know the story, but could you imagine yourself in that situation where your brother sold you? Now, it's already uncomfortable, you know. The word of God says that 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 his father liked and had favor, uh, favored Joseph. And it's one thing to deal with that pressure, but it's worse now because now you're a slave. Do you understand that the enemy was talking to his head, talking to his mind? I can't believe your brothers would do you like this. The enemy is trying to get him to mummer and complain and talk about the situation. It was a great opportunity, but you know what? Joseph just decided to have a good attitude. Now, how do I know this? Because as we continue reading, the word of God says that 
God was with Joseph and God prospered Joseph. He was a prosperous man. Now, how can the word of God say he's a prosperous man and he's a slave? Because God was with him. The blessing of the Lord was on him. So much so that whatever chore or, or requirement that Potiphar had for Joseph, he did well. So much so, once again, that Potiphar elevated him and made him over his entire house and field. The blessing of the Lord was on Joseph. In fact, the word God says that because of Joseph, God blessed Potiphar. Or we can say it this way. God blessed Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Because of Joseph, he blessed. Potiphar was blessed. Potiphar saw and he recognized it. And he capitalized. He was real smart. He realized the word of God says he see that the Lord was with him. Now, it's interesting when God began to elevate you. He begins to move you up. People see you. The word of God says that Potiphar's wife had eyes for Joseph. The word of God said he was handsome and well built. And then the word of God says something. Now, remember, we're talking about diverse temptations. The word of God says she daily spoke with him, trying to get him to sleep with her on a daily basis. Not every now and then, but no, the word of God says on a daily basis. Divers temptation, different types of temptation. Now, let's look at this. First, the enemy was trying to get him to be tempted to mum and complain about how he was so mistreated, how his brothers sold him into slavery. Now he's dealing with the temptation. Potiphar's wife and understand Potiphar's wife was fine. How can you say that? Because it was a temptation. It was a temptation. The enemy is not going to waste his time tempting you with something that you don't like. She's going to be or whatever. That person's going to be fine. And so the word of God says on a daily basis, on a daily basis, she tried to convince Joseph to be with her. One time, a particular time, she really set it up. All the servants, nobody was there. Potiphar wasn't there. No one was in the house. The word of God says Joseph went to do his regular duties and she grabbed him. And tried to force him. Tried to convince him. But this is how you know that he was walking with the Lord. He said, first of all, Potiphar has given everything, given me everything under my hand. He's trusted me with all of his goods, except you, his wife. But then he said this one thing, I cannot do this great sin against my God. Now, if he was mummering and complaining, talking about the situation, I don't think that would have been an outcome. See how the enemy works. If he can get you to mummer and complain all the time, he already has your ear. You're already listening to him because who do you think is giving you all those thoughts? So guess what? He'll just sip, sip, slip this thought to your mind. Well, you might as well. No one's here. No one see you might as well have fun. Nothing. You're a slave now. What does it matter about serving God? You're not with your family anymore. But the word of God says that he said, I cannot sin against my God, meaning that, you know, he had fellowship with God. And the word of God says he ran out of there. 
Now, we ran out. The word of God says that she had his coat. And of course, she forged up this plan to say that he was she was raped and all these different things. In result, Potiphar got upset, threw him into prison. Now he's in prison. Now, let's look at this for a moment. He's in a family situation where his brothers did not like him. He goes from that to being a slave. Then he goes from there. Now he's a prisoner. If nothing else now. The enemy, you know, is talking to his mind. Now you're in prison and you didn't even do the crime, man. You wasted your time. You should have done it. What did this profit you? You're in prison now on a crime you didn't even commit. But you know what? Joseph still had a good attitude. Counted all joy. Employ joy. When you employ joy, God could do some things. The word of God says, now this is how you know he had joy. That Potiphar's officials was thrown in prison. And one morning he got up, he saw the two prisoners, Potiphar, I'm sorry, not Potiphar, but Pharaoh's uh, officials, I'm sorry. And he said, hey, why are you so sad? Now, if you're mummering, complaining, if you're thinking about woe is me or this is unfair, life is unfair, you won't, you won't recognize someone else being sad unless you want to party with them. He said, no, why, why, are you all so, why are you so sad? And they told him they had these dreams and all these different things. And long story short, I love what Joseph said. He said, well, you had these dreams. He said, well, God interprets all dreams. Let me hear it. Now, wait a minute. That tells me they had to have some fellowship. For you to say God interprets all dreams and then you say, let me hear it as if to say, I'll let you know the interpretation. That lets me know for you to have that type of boldness, you had to be walking with God. You had to be in constant communication. Now, listen, not just complaining to God. God, I can't believe this is happening. Why would you let this? Why would you let this? Why would you let this happen to me, God? No, he was thanking and praising God. He had joy. Let me tell you something. Anything that's going inside of you, it's going to come out. I don't care. You can say five hallelujahs in a row. But when the pressure comes, whatever's in you, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. I don't care who you are. The word of God says that Joseph asked them, why are you so sad? So we know that Joseph interpreted the dreams, their dreams. One person, as he interpreted in three days, he was executed. The other person, the word of God says that just like Joseph said, he was restored back to his position to serve Pharaoh. But then Joseph said, hey, Man, you know, things when I wasn't treated fairly. Hey, put in a good word for Pharaoh for me. God said, OK, yeah, you're right. No, I'm not going to forget you about you. But the word of God says two years later, it was two years. He forgot about Joseph. Once again, that's another opportunity. You know, the enemy speak to, to, speaking in his ear. Man, he forgot about you, man. You Look, you're in prison. Your only ticket out of here is gone. He has forgotten about you. Look, you might as well do what you need to do. Now, remember, the word of God says that because he's had such an excellent attitude and he's his he was excellent that the that the uh, warden.
promoted him. He was over the prison. So all these different things is happening. Joseph, once again, is maintaining joy. He's employing joy. Even in the midst of being a prisoner. Well, we know at this point, the word of God says once again that Pharaoh had a dream. He has a dream. And that's when the cupbearer remembers. Long story short. Joseph is promoted to be second in command, just like the dream. Now, before we go further, let's look at this. There are some things we can glean here. The scripture says, but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience perfect its work. During these years, these years of seemingly uh, mistreatment, if you will, patience was employed. Now, the enemy was trying to get him to talk crazy, to give up on God. But God used this opportunity with patience to, to, to work something in him. You see, back when he was working for Potiphar, he learned or he received the anointing to administrate. We can say it this way, he either it started there or it was greatly increased. That anointing to administrate over the affairs of Potiphar's house. But you notice this was only done after he decided to have a good attitude. Because let me tell you something, when your brothers do what, he, what his brothers did to him, that hurts. But and in spite of that, if you can continue to have a good attitude and not complain, remember, let patience have its work. It's working. It's perfecting something in you. There's some type of skill set, something that God is trying to get in you for service later on. During this time, this patience, this time of temptations, tests and trials, God is developing something, working something, something is being forged in you. Then when Potiphar's wife lied on him, accused him of rape, something else. Now we see this gift to interpret dreams and the confidence and the boldness to do so. Isn't it interesting? It's these two things that was forged in him that he needed to operate on the next level. Once again, the scripture says, but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Don't you understand that when he was promoted, he was lacking nothing. It was his ability to interpret dreams. And I love the way he said it. Doesn't God interpret all dreams? In other words, he was depending on God to give him the answer. He, didn't, he wasn't walking around here with, with, with the ability like I'm doing this by myself. Sometimes you may see people, you know, they, they, they operate as if, yes, God gave you a singing ability or the ability to speak or the ability to have a knack for business. But are you giving glory to God? Are you allowing God? Are you getting the answers from God? Or are you just going off willy nilly? Joseph said, doesn't God give all interpretation? He was dependent. He knew that his source was God and God would give him the interpretation. Why? Because he had fellowship with God. 
When you fellowship with God, that's how you have that type of confidence. Once again, the ability to interpret dreams is what got him in the door to be second in command. But his ability to administrate is what kept him there and his integrity. God was working this ability to administrate and gave him plenty of time to practice and perfect it. He's perfecting those things that concern you. And he also perfected a gift to interpret dreams. God gave him all kind of opportunities. Once again, the scripture says, but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When Jacob, I'm sorry, when Joseph was promoted, he was perfect and complete. And he lacked nothing. In other words, he was fully able to do the job. Now, there's something else here. God promoted him so he can be a great influence to others. See, these things that you're going through, these diverse temptations, these tests and trials, God is trying to work something. There's some type of ability that he's put in you. That's only going to be unlocked in the time, once again, of great opposition or the time of great adversity. One, you know, you're if you're if you're walking with God, you're in tune with him. He can teach you some things. These ideals that you have, these things you've never done before. is during this time, if you count it all joy, if you count it all joy, if you have a joyful attitude or if you employ joy, God can speak to you and develop you during this time of great opposition. Once again, the ability to administrate and the ability to interpret dreams. God was trying to perfect that into Joseph. Now, the enemy, once again, was trying to destroy him. But God was putting something else in him, making him fit to rule. Once again, God is doing the same thing about you. If. You're counting all joy if you're employing joy. The word of God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's something when I can have joy regardless of what's going on in my situation or in my life. If I can employ joy, guess what? The spirit of God is on me and God can talk to me. We can commune with each other. Why? Because I'm thanking God for things being as well as it is. And while I'm thanking God, God can talk to me about, hey, I want you to start doing this. Things you've never done before. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? God's perfecting something in you. He's perfecting something in you. So what's the point here? Have a good attitude and employ joy. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.